The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how to increase efficiency and scale with no-code technology. Joining us is Steve Hardert, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at JotForm. Trusted by over 18 million users worldwide, JotForm's powerful forms and suite of no-code tools are flexible enough for small businesses and robust enough for enterprises. JotForm helps organizations go from busy work to less work with forms that use conditional logic, accept payments, generate reports, and automate workflows. And today, Steve and I are going to discuss leveraging no-code technology to maximize productivity. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Steve Hardit, the Chief Marketing Officer at JotForm. Steve, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Excited to have you here and excited to talk a little bit about, first off, JotForm. We've been fans and users of JotForm for a long time and excited to hear about this no-code revolution. Before we got on the podcast, I showed up a minute late because I was busy trying to figure out how to do no-code automations of feeding the information we get from an onboarding form into ChatGPT so we can give a template for our intro script so we can automate the intro script production process so we don't have to have our writers be sweating over creating intro scripts for us. I'm no-code technology-ing, and that's why I showed up a little late. So my apologies and help, please. This is a thing now. (laughs) How does it work? How do you leverage no-code technology to maximize your productivity? I think in a nutshell, no-code is really revolutionizing the whole technology world in a lot of different respects. One, if you want to do something, for, and we're not a technological person, right? Let's say you're like me, you're a marketer, you're not a programmer. And what you want to do is you want to build something just to help you increase your productivity. For example, I want a form, I just want to collect some data. I don't want to have to call up a programmer and say, hey, I needed to do this, this, and this, and then wait six weeks for it to show up and then have to make revisions. And next thing you know, we're two months, three months down the road. I want to be able to just to grab something and go. So I, don't want, I want it to be functional. I want it to be easy to use. And I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I would be able to have that kind of manipulation with it. And that's really where no code comes in. So you can take something like JotForm, you can build yourself a very simple form, or you can make something very sophisticated, depending on what your needs are. You can do it in a matter of minutes, launch that form, start collecting your data. You don't have to sit there and wait and have some kind of middleman come in and help you out on anything. 
So I feel like No Code was the story of the year right before the robots ate our lunch. And everybody was going to talk about the No Code revolution. And all of a sudden, the headlines have turned to ChatGPT, artificial intelligence. Talk to me a little bit about the merger here, because as I mentioned, it was something I was actively working on today, but I don't think I'm alone here in figuring out how to automate the process of content production and all this other stuff. What's the overlap look like between no-code automation and feeding in artificial intelligence? Well, I think on the no-code, you still have to have the foundations for it. Not everyone's going to want to use artificial intelligence, and not everyone feels comfortable using it. And right now, I think it's popular. It's getting a lot of buzz, but it's still got a long way to go. And there's things that it can do, and there's a lot of things that it can't do. And for right now, it just it goes out on the web and finds information and kind of compiles it back, but it doesn't really originate anything per se. So I think when you want to originate something, that's where you still have to have human intervention in there. And this is where something like a no code comes into play. I want to build something. I want something fast and simple to do it with. And here you can go. Can you do some of that stuff with AI? Yeah, probably. Will it be what you want it to be? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think the jury's still out on some of that. That's where you're rolling the dice. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of things where people write, and I'm going to put it in quotes, content with AI, and it doesn't read sometimes like it was written by a human. It reads like it was written by a machine. And that's the downfall on it. Will it get better? Of course it will. It'll get refined, and it'll probably this time next week, it'll probably be much better already. That's how fast it's evolving. But I think there's still a room for people to want to do their own thing, and they just don't feel comfortable yet, or the tools aren't there yet, on AI to make it do the things that we want it to do. I mean, the future sounds great, but it's not here yet. So tell me a little bit about the no-code landscape. You mentioned Jotform, obviously a player where you're primarily focused on making rich feature-filled forms that don't require engineers, getting input from prospects, customers, what have you. We use a Monday.com, Zapier is another no-code solution. How do you break down sort of the landscape of what no-code looks like? No code is really what it, it comes down to in the different plays. And you mentioned a couple of them, Monday and Zapier that we work with. We have integrations with both of them. And what you can do there is you can have data that comes in through your jot form, right? So you've made a form and it comes in. Certain things might trigger an action in Zapier and it's going to do something else on the other side. It may schedule a meeting. It may send an email out. It may schedule a phone call. It may interface with your CRM system. So you can train it to do a lot of different things depending on the action that, that your customer is doing when they fill out that form. For example, if somebody says, yeah, I want somebody to call me or I want somebody to email me or I want to schedule a meeting, it's going to trigger a whole bunch of different events. So you still don't have to have that human intervention in there to actually put something on somebody's calendar and have a salesperson to contact that customer. My feeling is no code makes it, for lack of a better term, idiot proof to do a lot of advanced technologies. Guys like me, can sit around and not have to rely on developers to be able to move data, schedule meetings, do some of the business activities that we want. So does that mean that engineers are going away a thing of the past? Are they all just developing no-code solutions so business operators can basically do their work without interfacing with the engineering team? What's the role of the engineer now that we're seeing this rise in no-code technology? Well, the engineer still has to build it. That's the thing. The engineer still has to build the product that becomes the no-code. And that's really the whole trick of this, is they're building tools for the common person to work with, right? People that are not sophisticated from a technological point of view. And I say that from a programming perspective, not from, can I use a computer? Can I use a mobile phone? It's somebody that doesn't have that kind of programming background to do things. It's like, I just needed to do this and I need it by tomorrow. That's where no-code comes into it. 
the coder, the engineer, still has to put together the back end of all of that. They still have to program the language to make that product functional. If they're not there, you don't have a no-code solution. It's really that simple. So talk to me about productivity here. We're using no-code. It used to be, well, I'd need an engineer to create a web page, and then there was the square spaces of the world that made it a little easier. Now you could do much more advanced things and maybe even get into using WordPress or different types of websites, but also it's not just websites, it's communication tools, it's meeting scheduling. What are the ways that marketers listening to this podcast can use no-code solution to become more productive? I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you're trying to just get a lead list. So you're asking people to fill out this form because we want to know what products you're interested in, what day of the week you want us to call you, things like that, where you're located. So if you're going to have customers completing the form, through things like conditional logic, like you mentioned earlier, you can have that form trigger a reaction based on the location of where somebody says they are. So if somebody's in California, you could have the logic set up that, well, if, it's in, if that person's in California, I want this alert to go to my California salesperson. If this person's in New York, I want it to go to the New York salesperson and anywhere you want it to be, however you want to divide it. That streamlines it. So there's not somebody having to sit there and look at everything and go, oh, this is my California person. This one goes off to my New York person and doing those kinds of things. And that slows the whole process down. If it comes in through that logic, you can have that salesperson contact that lead instantly while that person's truly kind of still thinking about it. Like, oh, wow, I just filled out this lead form. Now they're calling me five minutes later. Yeah, I'm still interested. Let's talk about your product. So in a way, you condense that thinking process for that lead. And that person then can come back to you and say, yep, I'm ready to buy. Let's go do it. So there's not a cooling off period. It doesn't take three or four days. And the person says, oh, yeah, 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 I did fill that out last week. What was I thinking? Oh, yeah, I, I was kind of interested in this. It just becomes almost instantaneous at that point. And that's the beauty of it. And that's where this technology really plays out for people. Is you don't have to sit there and you can eliminate those delays and everything and really move things much quicker. So the point from customer to corporate contact shortens dramatically. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. 
So we're thinking about removing the amount of time it takes to manage a specific process. And mostly in the sales cycle, that's incredibly important. You know, we've done, God, I think it's like 115 different automations and we've integrated with like five different no-code solutions to produce every single one of our podcast episodes. So done a lot of no-code development to go from somebody's filled out a speaker application for us to we've actually published a piece of content and marketed with them. How do you think about advising marketers where they should focus to create those no-code rules, those logics? Like, is it the most discrete pain point, the most repetitive process, the thing that's the most expensive? How do you figure out what you should be automating? Because it seems like really the options are endless at this point. I think you've nailed three of the big ones right there. If it's something that's repetitive and just takes data from here and somebody has to put it over here, you can automate that very quickly. Again, move the data from a source into, say, a CRM so it's actionable. That's key one. There's no delay in it moving over there. This follows the example I just mentioned about a sales, a lead coming to a salesperson. There's that part of it. The other part of it is things that are labor intensive. All right, so they become expensive. You can shorten that or you can eliminate that completely because you can have that data moved in. You don't have to have somebody there to intercept it, analyze it, and then action it. So if that data comes in, you don't have to worry about somebody missing something. You don't have to worry about somebody skipping something or somebody's sick or on vacation. It's always working. And so it's always kind of picking up that piece there. And then depending on how you want that data to react to, that can be pushed into a different technique, right? So it's like say it goes to Salesforce or HubSpot or it's going to go to MailChimp and it's going to send out an email or it's going to sit there and somebody wants just to have a white paper. It's going to point them to a white paper. They can download it. They want to look at a video. They want somebody to call them. All these things can be automated so there's not this people in the middle having to play traffic cop on it all. And that becomes expensive. It becomes very time consuming. And it also can delay the point between interest and purchase. And that's what you're trying to do is remove as much of that kind of friction as you possibly can. Last question I have for you today. Give me an example of who's doing this the best. What are some resources or examples that marketers can follow when they're trying to figure out how to maximize their productivity using no-code solutions? Boy, the list is long. We won't have enough time to talk about everybody I think is doing really great jobs. We should no-code this. Exactly. Yeah, there should be a shortcut on that. But what I can say is there's been situations that have popped up for us, some of our customers, that, and I'll point to one right now, it's County of Marin. It's just north here of San Francisco. Just before COVID started, they wanted to have a way to start inputting some health data. And then when COVID broke out, all hell broke loose for everybody. Now they really had to have data put in fast and efficient and accurately. And that's what they were able to use us for. They could have people out in the field with iPads or mobile phones, and they could be collecting data wirelessly, remotely with people, and having that data pushed into a database that then functioned with the Department of Health. And then they could have people get their information for either vaccinations or for treatment or whatever they needed to have. So what normally would have taken probably maybe a week or two to get that information filed and respond back could be done within minutes. Okay, we also have, for example, a charter school out of Las Vegas. People want to register their children into the school. Anybody that's ever put a child into a school district knows how many forms you have to fill out to start the year and then the ongoing forms. Well, they were able to take all of their forms, condense them to online forms. Now, the parents love it because they don't have to worry about collecting. They can have all this data and what they need to put into the forms at their leisure. They don't have to bring it all to the school. The staff loves it because now the data comes in automatically into the systems, and then they don't have to worry about, oh, somebody forgot this, somebody forgot that. If somebody's completing the form and they haven't put all the information that's required, it stops them, and they say, you've left out fields X, Y, and Z, and we need attachments A, B, and C. 
So the school is telling us that they're saving hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in staffing time by having all the information coming in right away. And there's none of this back and forth waiting and chasing people down and things like that. So that's the kind of examples that people are using us for and the responses that they're getting and how excited they are because, again, it's sped up their processes and it's saving them tremendous amounts of money along the way. You know, one of the biggest evolutions in my career came from replicating the processes that we were doing manually and starting to think about how we can automate it. We went from using Excel to manage podcast production to Asana to Airtable. Finally, we landed on Monday and, and Jotform as well. And that enabled us to stop actually worrying about each individual episode and manually recreating the same processes and starting to build essentially an assembly line, knowing what process was going to happen. And then when something would break down, instead of triaging an individual problem, it was thinking about how to use more automation solutions to stop it from happening ever again. Look, you're always going to have things that pop up. You're always going to have random one-offs that are going to get in your way. But in reality, the more that you think about building automations and the more that you can start using your no-code solutions to be more productive, the more you're going to be able to get done. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Steve Hardit, the Chief Marketing Officer at Jotform. Join us again tomorrow when Steve and I continue our conversation talking about no-code community engagement techniques. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Steve, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Steve Hartett. That's S-T-E-V-E-H-A-R-T-E-R-T. Or you can visit his company's website, which is jotform.com. That's J-O-T-F-O-R-M.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.